Welcome to Bite Size Dental Marketing. Today I have Dr. Brent Cornelius. Dr. Cornelius, it's so wonderful to have you on the show. You're like a local celebrity here in the office. What is the new patient experience that has helped you build such a successful office? So it's interesting, but I think if you're going to talk about the new patient experience, you got to start off with hiring because it's about mm. the people. And the people who are answering the phones and the first contact that they have are really critical. So our first contact often is probably, you know, what? They probably need six or seven touches before they really think, oh, yeah, I need to call that place. First one's likely coming from pain-free dental marketing someplace along the line mm -hmm. where they heard about us or they heard us about us at a Little League baseball game. But then when they finally make that call, we've got to make them feel like they're welcome. And we've got a team that's really good at that. And then once they get in the door, I want, well, number one, we take on a lot of responsibility for them. We're going to check out their insurance benefits. We're going to do that on their behalf. We'll get back to them if there's any hiccups. We let them know about that. And we're out of network. And so we do a really good job of making sure patients realize that ahead of time, almost to a fault. You know, I, I've kind of had to talk to the team. Some don't talk people out of coming. You know, they want to come mm -hmm. in. But once they do come in, I want everything that they touch, everything that they see, that they hear, to have a certain quality to it. Uh, this, the team laughs because I'm a stickler about paper. And so I, I don't want thin copy paper on anything we hand to a patient. It's got to be like a high quality, thick paper. It's got to feel good. If you're going to give them a free pen, don't give them the cheapest pen that you can buy. Buy a pen that you would use. If it's a marketing tool, it's, if it's cost 50 cents, but it gets thrown away, then that's expensive. If it costs $2, but it's their favorite pen, it's cheap. So mm -hmm. it's got to be about the, what they see and feel. People hate when they walk into the dentist office and it smells like a dental office. So we've got a company used called Scent Air. And I think for under $70 a month, they, we rent this machine from them and they come in, they've got a, a just a, it's a full notebook full of, of scents. You pick your favorite or you create your own. And when you walk in, there's a different scent that's blown into the air in that reception room. So it smells different. Everything that they sit on, you know, I want the furniture to look nice. It doesn't have to be expensive, but it has to look nice. So it's really about kind of setting the tone for that feel, how everything feels when they get there. Yeah. I, I love what you said about the hiring. I, I think the front desk is the least trained, you know, you had to go to school to be a dentist. Your hygienist had to go to school to be a hygienist. Your chair sites had to complete. See, they just kind of get thrown into the mix. And that is such an important part of the process because to you, that is, you know, 1% of the overall practice, but to the patient that represents 20% of the engagement, maybe 50% by the time they visit, you know, until they visit you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, it's just such an impactful tool. When you do a new patient exam, so, so someone's called, they've, they've appointed, they've come in, they've had a good experience. You know, your building is, is beautiful. Your, your, your waiting room is beautiful. Talk me through the new patient exam. So they've inter interacted with the front office first, and we typically bring most new patients in through hygiene. I'd say maybe 80%, 85% through hygiene, 15% or so. If they know they've got some significant issues, we bring them on the doctor side. But most of those come in through the hygiene portal and we've got a ton of really good hygienists and they're all different. Everybody's got a little bit different personality. So they do a decent job. Sometimes it's just who has an availability, but they'll also try to steer certain people to certain mm. hygienists. And so they're paying attention to that, right? They they're we've talked about disc profile forever, you know, whether you're a DI or S or C. And if you get somebody on the phone and you're trying to talk to them about, you know, 
what the appointment's going to look and feel like. They're like, just tell me what time it is. How long is it going to be? When I do? Oh, you need to see Wendy. <laughs> Wendy's Wendy's your jam. She's going to get you in. There's not going to be a lot of fluff. Now, if you're like, well, I'm just I'm terrified, and I have just always been afraid of going to the dentist. We need to get you in with Megan. Megan is calm, soothing. She's a little bit quieter, and she's what you need. So from the get go, it's about matching them up with the right person. But once they get in there. They're going to talk to them a little bit about their health history. They're going to talk to them about their background. We try to do an emotional exam, figure out, are they are they here because they hated the way that their dad's teeth looked? They got jumbled as he got older, or he always had bad breath, or my grandmother lost her teeth, and I don't ever want to look like that. Figure out what it is, where they're coming from. And we don't spend very much time on that because it doesn't doesn't need to be like a, an Oprah. You know, it doesn't need to be an interview, but 15, 20, 30 seconds about, is there something that you really are trying to avoid? You know, not only are you here to get something, but is there something that you're worried about with your oral health that you just don't want to go down that road? And then from there, it's a matter of figuring out what it is that they're all about. You're trying to read that patient. Do they want to know every little thing that's going on on their x-rays? We've got some cool technology. We use the iTero for wellness scanners. So they're actually looking at a digital model of their teeth so they can see what we see. We've got the intro camera so they can see that kind of stuff. But really, it's about feeling them out. How much information do they want? Are they an engineer and they want to know the modulus of elasticity on everything? Or are they just a, a people person and they want to visit for 20 minutes before you look in their mouth? And our hygienists do a really good uh, job of accommodating that. And then it's just, we show them everything. We don't, I don't like shoulds. Uh, there's a couple of consultants I love, you know, you shouldn't should on people. And I like that. We don't talk about what you should do. We talk about what you could do. So here's what I see. Mm. That's something that worries you. Is that something that you want to address? And there's some people that have a mouthful of broken teeth and like, mm, I don't care, doc, it doesn't hurt. All right, well, here's what you know we would do if you wanted to. We could fix this. We could do this. But if, if you're a fix it when it breaks kind of person, that's okay too. So we're very low pressure. There are some things that you just, I, I rarely sell, tell somebody you have to do something with this. It's when there's an infection, something like that. It looks like it could be a bigger issue, but we just tell them what's possible and show them everything and let them pick the level of care they want. Both of my parents had uh, pretty serious dental issues as they got later in life. And my mom, even as a young lady, and that's my fear uh, is, is, you know, I don't want that for me, uh, you know, based on where I am and, and, and all those things and just working in the industry. But I like what you said. I've actually never heard an office try to put people into the hygienist that makes sense. Usually they just slam them in the first first spot. I think that's really clever. Now, you're talking about technology. I have a question. You've been practicing for a while. What is the greatest quality of life improvement in technology that you've seen in a dental office? For the for us as yeah, a team? For, for you. For, yeah, for you, the dentist. Well, me, the dentist, my number one has been Sarex into crowns because 90% of my after hours mm. calls were lost temporaries. So mm. selfishly, personally, it's the thing that I've loved the best. And I'll tell you, I think that the the fit that I get from our Sarex when we get it dialed in is as good, maybe better than anything we get from a lab because there's no air, right? You take an old fashioned mm. impression, there's some air in the impression material. Then you pour it in stone, there's some air in the stone. Then you have a human carving that die, there's some human air. With that, Sarek, you go from mouth to technology, technology back to the mouth. So that's mm. selfishly, that's my very favorite. I think from a patient standpoint, intro cameras, which is really low tech, but letting people see what we're seeing is huge, where they can actually see that crack. Um, the intro camera is great. 
The iTero I like even better. And I've heard it described, the intro cameras are like looking at pieces of a puzzle. You know, you, you understand that little piece that you're looking at, but you don't see the big picture very well. Whereas the iTero is looking at the cover of the puzzle, you get to see what the picture looks like. And then you can zoom in on those intro photos. From a patient standpoint, they're mesmerized by their own scan. So we'll sometimes mm -hmm. just wheel up the machine to them, set it right there in front of them. It's like, hey, I'm going to go do something real quick on the back. But just like a phone, just pinch it, zoom it, play around with it. And when they can touch it and mess around with it, they just, they love it. I I think it's such a small thing to let them examine it. But I know that it builds confidence to me to guide and get to see behind the scenes. And it's funny you mentioned that. We, uh, when we talk to our clients, there was a period of time, and you'll probably remember it to where when Andre and I would show up, we would just open our tabs, like like literally have a browser and pull up, pull up the document we were going to work on and pull up the ad campaign and pull up the creative. Well, at some point, we felt the need to be really polished, and we started putting together uh, little decks like presentations. Yep. And client started to zone out and not pay attention. There is something about seeing a little bit of behind the scenes that makes someone feel invested. And I'm so glad you do that. That's, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Now there's something about touching it when they actually, uh -huh. they get to mess around with it. It becomes more there somehow than if they're just looking at it on the screen. How do you go over treatment plans with a patient and how do you get them, you know, sort of reappointed, if you will, into the next into the next appointment based on where they want to go? Yeah. So a lot of that is talking to them about figuring out where, where they want to be. And so much of that is patient readiness. You can't decide when somebody's ready. They come mm -hmm. to you for a reason. They didn't just show up willy nilly like they're there because either they're worried about something or maybe a spouse told them you got to go. If you're going to kiss this mouth, you're going to clean that one. You know, there's some of that going on and you don't know when somebody's ready. So I like to present all of it. We're going to show you everything. We're going to go ahead and give you your treatment plan. There are instances where I might phase that, and I may not give them the whole entire treatment plan all at once. If they come in, and it's a train wreck, right? And they've said one of their primary concerns is they just don't have the finances to do it right now. All right, we're going to focus on the first two or three things that we can handle. And they're not going to be the most expensive things. It's going to be something we can kind of ease them in and build a little bit of trust and fix their biggest glaring issue too, right? And once we start to build up that trust, then we'll start getting back into the more comprehensive stuff. And I'll just tell them, I'll ask them, do you want to, do you want me to show you everything that I see here? Do you want to talk about this whole entire treatment plan? Or do you really just want to focus on what's most important? And I'll let them guide us a little bit. But once we've established that, and now we've agreed on what scope they want to, they want to tackle, we're going to go ahead, we're going to present that treatment. And in the treatment plan sessions, we've got team that's really good at that. They're really good at going over that and they don't feel salesy because they're not. They mm -hmm. do believe that what we're doing is valuable. They believe that the way that we do it is as good or better than anybody. And they believe that the patient needs it. And if they have that kind of that set of belief, really all you're doing is just helping them get what they need. They're really good at moving through there. I've had treatment presentation people in the past that they they looked at that treatment plan and said, man, I couldn't afford that. So it's kind of here you go. And then they kind of sit back, wait for the, for the reaction. And you can't be timid. You can't be shy. You have to be comfortable with that. And there's a lot to be said for just assuming that they're going to move forward. They're there for a reason. They, they want what you have. They want what we're mm -hmm. doing. So show them how to get it. If it's a financial issue, make sure you give them plenty of financial options. They can work around. If it's a time issue, 
Let's talk about how we can do this. If they don't have time to make it to the appointment, let's talk about sedation. You can catch up for a couple of years worth of dentistry in one appointment. And so they have a little bit of a grasp. Chelsea, who's doing that for us now, she's been a dental assistant before she was a front office. So she understands a lot of that. And it's very, very helpful for a patient to be able to ask questions. And she actually knows the answers. I would say one of the biggest challenges that offices have in treatment is number one, I think you nailed it. I, I think having the confidence that you're doing right by the patient. And I think everyone says they're doing right by the patient because we, we, I think socially have to, but I think when you have an office that really, really believes it, like, like we are doing the right thing. This is a good treatment plan. They co-diagnosed along the way. Like, like we, we have a good plan in place. I think that speaks a lot. We actually talked to uh, a guy that sells a lot of all on force. Mm -hmm. And he said, the biggest, the biggest thing that makes me successful is not that I'm a sales guy. It's that I know that my doctors solve cases much more complex than this and that they're going to have the best outcome. And I really like the confidence that if you can get that team to be confident that this is the right plan for the patient, it, it it's, it's not a sales job it, when they, when they, when they were along the journey. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And some of that comes too from, you know, being honest with them. There's times where we've treatment plan something we get in there. It's like, man, I don't know what I was thinking this day, but that was, that's aggressive. You know, we need to back off of that instead of that, mm -hmm. we're going to do this. And when you do that, or for instance, one of the things, one of the small things that we do with patients is that if we get in there and we've diagnosed a two surface filling, it becomes a three surface filling instead. And it feels like a bait and switch to me. So we'll go ahead and do the three surface filling, but we still only charge out for the two surface filling. And that buys a lot of credit that you can say, well, man, you're missing out on one surface for the filling, but what I'm buying is credibility with my team. Yep. They realize we're not in this just to make an extra buck. We told them something. We're going to stick to what we told them. And that's, uh, you know, they, they realize that this isn't an opportunity just to squeeze every penny out of a patient. We're really doing what's what's in their best interest. Yeah. Every year we do a fair amount of market research on how consumers perceive dentistry and how they're how they find dentist. And most consumers, if they hear a dentist, they assume the band of performance is pretty tight, like the best dentist and an average dentist are very, very close in skill. Mm -hmm. Now that, that's perception. You, you and I know that, that there's a big difference in the game, but, but let's just talk the perception. So they're actually not making, because they perceive the quality to be so close, they actually are making emotional decisions on who do they associate with and who do they connect with and who do they think has their best interest and where do they think they'll get the best care but is an entirely emotional experience that, because even me, I, I will tell you, I've had three dentists, I think in my life, I don't know that I could tell you which one was clinically best. I can tell you who I like most. Yeah. And that's, in, that's, that's entirely emotional because I feel like even before I, I had, you know, the company, like, I feel like they had my best interest and I think that's really powerful. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dr. Kreenlis, thank you so much for jumping on the show with me. It's yeah, been amazing. Uh, Sky Creek Dental in Keller, Texas. If you're looking for dental home, it's amazing. Um, the fact that my wife goes there is, is speaks volumes. Um, 
I would, but I have some some political uh, issues if I switched in it. But, I'm, <laughs> but thanks again, and uh, thanks so much for your time. I sure appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Enjoyed it.